Hello everyone and welcome to Built from the Ground Up. I'm your host Justin Neary and today's episode is called Work the Dirt. So what are we talking about? Work the Dirt. Well in our last episode I I talked about um, why I got here and hopefully you had a chance to listen to that and understand really why I'm doing this and a little bit more about my background and my business. But today I wanted to talk about the initial steps, uh, the things that I did, the things that I found to be true, just a few of them, not all of them. We'll, We'll get to those in our other episodes. But I wanted to first talk about an analogy that I think is a really good one, at least for me, uh, to use when starting a business. When you think about a farmer, now farmers of today are a lot different than farmers of a couple hundred years ago or even a couple thousand years ago. So a farmer has a necessity to feed his family, and so every choice that he makes all the work that he puts into farming really is motivated uh, by taking by the the idea of taking care of his family providing them what they need by way of food and then there's all these things that just get tied up and are connected into farming he needs equipment you know as as technology progressed the farmers they just go buy things but in the past they they had to make their own tools i'm sure i, I don't really know a lot about farming but it just makes sense or maybe, you know, trade tools with another farmer. But everything was pretty much in the control of the farmer. He had to deal with all the problems himself. He was motivated, though, by something incredibly important, the need to take care of his family. So that that's the why. And, and when we think about starting a business, it's really important that you determine why you want to start a business. On Facebook, in the chimney world, and I'm sure in other uh, areas and forums, people are, are always asking questions. You know, how do I, how do I start this business? How do I advertise? What do I do? Well, the first question, hopefully, they ask themselves, is why they want to start a business. Because generally, um, someone who wants to go out on their own in a, a blue collar career, they probably worked for someone else first. And maybe along the way, their boss irritated them and they figured, well, you know what? I I know more than my boss does on how to do this work. I'll just do it myself. Why should I let him make all the money? So there's a lot in that statement that I believe is completely untrue. You know, the business owner, the boss, he doesn't get all the money. Running a business is, is a is a a big time commitment. It's a sacrifice. And a lot of times the business owner doesn't have the money that the employees think they have. And so that's another topic too, but just a little side point on that. Um, There's a book I'm reading, The Great Game of Business. And it's important. One of the points that I'm I'm at right now, it's it's important for business owners if they want to play the great game of business and include their employees and, and everybody's playing they need to make these numbers clear and transparent. Everyone should be playing the game together, really understand the numbers and know the situation of the business. And a lot of times business owners try to hide that 
from their employees, whether they're doing well or not so well, they figure, you know, that's that's for them to know. They don't need their employees knowing all the, the, the profits. And and sometimes, you the you know, as an employee, you can look at the profits if it's something that's made made known. Wow, they're making a lot of money. Well, the owner doesn't always get those profits. It doesn't work that way. The owner generally puts the profits back into the business. And in many cases, the owner is actually making very little money, at least until things are really up and running. So there's a whole thing attached to that. But that, that brings us back again to the why. Why am I starting a business? We need to ask ourselves that. There's different reasons. Some people just want more money. Oh, I want more money and I, I'm going to just do this myself and I'll make more money. It doesn't always work that way. I found that the best motivator, at least for me, in having a business is not to make more money. It's being in control of my financial future for me. It's, it's having the freedom to make decisions. See, when you're employed by someone and you're locked into a certain amount of money per week and you get yourself into trouble, like so many of us do, it's really hard to come out of that if you're not really in control of how much you can make. Now, in the chimney world, a lot of guys are on commission. So you're fully in control of how much money you make. As long as you're going on appointments, if you're doing your best and you're trying uh, your best to educate the customers and, and take care of their needs, really the amount of money you can make just is really up to you um so that that's a different situation there for a lot of people but if you're just working a factory job and you're making 10 15 dollars an hour and you get a 25 cent raise each year you're not really in control so that that could be a motivating factor for a lot of people to be in control do you like to create things do you like to watch things grow that's what motivates a lot of people to become entrepreneurs. Now, thinking about that again, that, that, that farmer, they have to work a field. So let's just get it down into a field. The title of this episode is Work the Dirt. And then we're talking about building a business from the ground up or from the dirt up. So there's a lot of things that that farmer has to do before he can even think about harvesting. There's so much work that goes into just getting the soil ready to plant. You can't just pick a field that's been planted and harvested many times before and just keep taking from it without putting anything in. It doesn't work that way. So there's preparation uh, that really needs to take place. So when we talk about that, just jumping in, the first question should not be, I want to start a business. Where do I advertise? I mean, it's, it, it might work. It might work if you just jump in. You know, you only need a few tools to clean a chimney. You can go to Home Depot, really, if you want, and get what you need. Is it the best tool for the job? Will you be replacing those tools very soon? Will they do the, the job thoroughly? So there's some questions there to ask. So there's a bit of an investment in the chimney world, but... It takes more than just going to get a couple tools and go do the job. But also at the same time, you can really over plan it 
and and really hurt yourself. You can't plan everything out at first. You kind of just have to jump in. So there's a balance, and it's almost like a contradiction to what I'm saying here. You know, prepare the field. There's a balance. You can't go crazy prepping the dirt because if you don't, at some point, plant the seeds, you're never going to get anything to grow. You're going to miss the season. So there's that balance. Now, there's a, a few things that I did when I first started out. So I, I, I don't want this podcast to seem like I'm preaching about this because this is actually a learning process for me and some of the things I've, I've learned along the way. So what did I do? Well, I had a date in mind when, when I needed to launch. And when that day came, I pulled the trigger. Now, there's a few things I had to do leading up to that. So there, there could be a flood of questions you have if you're starting out. Um, what kind of business type do I want to set up? An LLC, a corporation? What kind of insurance do I need? Uh, telephone, advertise. Do, there's so many different things. But the key is to be really organized. But don't go crazy with it either because... You just won't get anything done. You'll, you'll just talk about it. You'll write it down. You'll plan it. But you have to do something at some point. You have to make it happen. One of the things that I found incredibly important, I, I started my business, but then I read this book. And fortunately, the way I started doing things were actually jiving with what this book said. So if you haven't read The E-Myth, you need to read it. There's, there's a couple versions. You want to get most the E-Myth revisited. It's, it's just been updated a little bit. Read it and read it in an entire, read it over the weekend. You can read it in an evening, Saturday and Sunday and, and have it done. And really the idea behind that book, I'll just spoil it for you a little bit, is you need to set up a business so that it runs like McDonald's. McDonald's has the smoothest operating business ever. There's a there's a movie about it. You could see how it works. But but why is it so smooth? Why does it work so well? Well, they have systems in place. Everyone knows in every single restaurant exactly how long to cook a burger for, how long to let it sit in those trays. Exact there's there's a step-by-step for every single thing. And so McDonald's is set up to be a franchise business. You can you can take their manual, their operation manual. It covers every single thing you'll ever need to know about running McDonald's. You can plop a, a building in place, put some employees in it, everybody reads the manuals, and, and then they know what to do. And it works the same way as the other McDonald's before it. So basically, that's it in a nutshell. With a business, you want to set it up that way. It doesn't mean you're going to franchise it, but you need to set it up in that way. Now, that book goes through in a really interesting uh, layout of all that stuff. And it's basically the author having a conversation with someone else. And it really is good. It's It changed the whole way I thought about my business. I thought I was pretty organized to begin with. Uh, but when I read that, I realized I have a little bit more work to do in getting things set up. Now, what are a few things that I did when I first started out? Well, I got myself uh, into this program called Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. It's basically a task manager program. And 
I use it for everything. We use it for scheduling, not not for the actual scheduling part, but if there's things that need to be done with specific customers or we have to order things, everything goes in to Trello. So what I did is I created a board and it was called Startup. And I had a, a to-do list and a done list. So now all the things that I had to do to start up or in my done list. And I leave them there with all the rel uh, relevant information that I need. There's even logins there for sales tax, all that kind of stuff. Just so I never lose it. It's there. Now, I'll read through my list. And this is not in particular the order that I did it, but there's some interesting things here. And some of this is out of place. And now knowing what I know now, I, I, you know, I put some importance on certain things and maybe it could have waited. Um, but here's what I wrote. First one, get basic tools and ladders. So you have to have tools to work. You have to pay for them. So you need to have a budget. You can go really crazy getting what you need. But here's the thing. Don't buy something that you think you need if you don't need it right now. In other words, do you need a 40-foot ladder right now? No, you probably don't. You might use one once a year, if that. Now that depends on where you're at. So get a 28-foot ladder. I use a 32-foot. That was the first one I got. Uh, a little giant, the green one. It has outriggers on it. It's a hyperlight. It's a great ladder. 600 bucks, worth every penny. But you don't. I don't really need the 32-foot. I could get away with a 28-foot aluminum just about every day. So get your basic tools. Don't buy the specialty tools like the, the brick cutters. Uh, I forget the name brand on them. They're $1,000. You don't need that right away. Wait till you get a job that requires it. Then buy the tool and then budget it in the job. I have get shirts. Now, a lot of people might think that, you know, who cares? Lettered shirts, uh, you know, your logo on them. Who cares? You don't need it. Well, I found that to be an incredibly important part of my branding. I'm selling my company to people. I'm not selling services. That's what I'm putting out there. I'm building an image for my company. And it starts with, with having looking good. Now, not, not looking good so you can get your picture taken and everyone says, oh, man, you look good. You have to look professional. So whatever your attire is that you qualify as professional, stick with it. Make it make it look the best you can. Start the day out with your employees or yourself at this point. Start the day out clean. Try to have clean clothes. Yeah, we get real dirty. Things get stained. But, but look your best, at least for your first appointment. You know, some people will understand if you get a little dirty for appointment two and three. But budget some money for getting a shirt with your logo on it. You're going to need a logo. You can do it yourself if you can handle that kind of thing. Uh, if you can't, there's online services. They'll design a logo for you real quick and, and pretty affordably. Um, or reach out to the community in the, the chimney forums. Somebody might be willing to put one together for you. I have a background in graphic graphic design. You can reach out to me. I might be able to help you. I've made a couple for my uh, for my friends in the area. I, maybe I can help you out there. I'd be I'd be glad to lend you a hand if I can. Then in the state of Pennsylvania, we have to get a home improvement contractor certificate, if you will. It's not really a license per se, but you have to register with them. 
that requires you to have insurance and, and show them that. So you need those things. Um, in my case, I have an LLC. So there's some processes to go through for that. You need to have a bank account. Don't use your personal account. Have a business account. Keep your money separate. And as a side note to that, I recommend don't, um, don't just take money out of your business as you make it. And when you first start, you'll get some appointments, you'll get some jobs, ooh, I'm making money, let me take it. No, give yourself a salary, even if you're not actually on the payroll. And if you have an LLC, in many cases you can't be. So you, what you do is you take draws, but make it the same. Have a home budget, have a work budget, but pay yourself the same amount each week as long as you can. If there's no money, then you don't get paid. You have to maintain a balance in your bank and you should not mix your accounts because you'll be looking for a disaster if you do that. You'll look for the disaster and you'll find it. And if you have an LLC or a corporation, there's a veil that needs to stay in place between you and the company. If you breach that, if you connect things to that, your home and your business, your finances, and someone sues you, they can come right through that corporate veil and take your, your personal possessions if they want. So remember that. It's important. So, so these are some of the things I have in my list. Then I have domain registration. You know, you want a website. It needs to look good. Your first pass at it might not be the greatest if you do it yourself. I'm able to do that stuff myself because I have a background in that. But don't waste your time if you're not familiar with it unless you have extra time. And most business owners don't have extra time at first because you're doing everything. So you can probably hire someone out. If you need help with that, reach out to me. I might be able to connect you with someone that can help or maybe give you some tips um, just to get started. But don't, don't use a homemade website forever. You're going to want to build that up and uh, make that an, uh, an important part of your customer acquisition plan. Let's call it that. You need a phone number. I recommend, at first at least, getting yourself a Google number. And then you, you can forward that to any of your cell phones. But a Google Voice number is, is free for the most part, I think. And you can forward it to anything. So depending on who you have answering your phones, your wife, your friend, whatever, you can change that number around to, to make it work. I like to have two, two cell phones. I have a work phone and a personal phone. When you're starting a business, every call is important. When you're selling, and then when you get to the point of you want to sell a business, and it's that big, it's that su successful, every call is important. But you have, to, you have to have a line between work and home life. If you're with your family, you know, is it, is it necessary on a Sunday at 3 in the afternoon to take work calls? It might be for you. For me, I have to, I have, to have a line somewhere. So make that decision early on. What's 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 it about for you? What what are you willing to do and not do as far as splitting the time with your business and your family? Another thing, not in these are not in any particular order. I have get an EIN number, your employee identification number. You're going to need that. Depending on what state you're in, there's different processes involved. So basically, that's your entity number. If you don't have employees, you still need it. You're going to need to get a sales tax number. That's important. Then you have, you know, once you get into employees, and that's a whole other thing. There's all kinds of forms and, and stuff. But 
that's that's a bunch of the things that I went through. I have another one, vacuums. I was researching vacuums. But to get started, you don't need to spend $2,000 on a vacuum. But you need a good vacuum. Can you get a good vacuum that's not $2,000? It depends. Snaplock makes great vacuums. I have one. I forget what it's called. But it's a big one with a three motors and, and it's not it's not one of the popular ones in the industry but it's green and no it's yellow and black and i love it and i hate it it's like all the big chimney vacuums out there they're big and annoying sometimes you just want a small vacuum snaplock actually has some smaller ones that are good have good filtration systems as a side point here to all this vacuums get a good one when you can get the best you can at that time that's my advice you do not want to soot a customer's house up i repeat you do not want to soot a customer's house up i have not done it but i've heard about it and it's not fun so don't do it as a side point if you're cleaning oil uh, appliance flues be careful some of them get nasty and sooty and as soon as that stuff touches your shoe you'll track it through the house or even on concrete floor in a basement and you'll make a mess so just there's there's a, a tip from stuff i've i've learned along the way now you're going to need a vehicle and you have to decide if you're going the truck route or you're going the van route i'm a van guy but i started with a truck because that's what i had and um it was a hassle jamming everything in the back when it rained, you know, in the, in the back uh, cabin area and then in the, in the bed when it rained, it was a hassle. Every day I had to unload everything, pain in the rear, but you, you have to do what you have to do to get started. You're going to want to letter your vehicle. You don't have to go expensive. You don't have to even take it to a sign shop. I used to do a lot of vinyl lettering, so I have some some experience with that but it's really not that hard you go online order some vinyl it's cut they, they send it to you with the backing tape just take your time watch some videos you can put it on in a couple hours just a simple sign to get started or you can go you can go crazy you can get it all lettered up fully wrapped spend thousands of dollars it all depends on what you have but the the more loud you can be with your vehicle the better because think about it it's a billboard it's moving all over the place and people are seeing it make sure the back is lettered so when you're at stop signs and traffic lights people are seeing it uh, it works you'll get calls from it then at some point you're going to want some scheduling software now you can get away with just using google calendar it's it'll work for you you don't have to spend money on that right now especially if you're just starting out you can write it in a notebook just make sure that you don't forget appointments. It's crucial. You've got to hit those appointments and be on time. Don't give people two-hour windows and show up right at the end of the two hours. Um, you can have a window. We need windows in this business. But you could probably get it down to an hour, even a half hour. Once you get a feel for how long the appointments are taking, you can get it pretty down. When I was doing this by myself, it was taking me roughly an hour and a half to two hours to clean up fireplace by the time i lugged all my stuff in by the time i did inspections 
with my camera system and all. It was taking me close to two hours. If there's two guys, you know, an hour tops, and that's doing a, a good inspection, level one at least, with parts of level two. That's an interesting topic for another day. But you're going to want a camera too. To do this job the right way, to do your due diligence, you're going to want a camera system. Now, that doesn't mean you have to spend the $4,000 on the popular systems out there. There's a couple good ones, some more expensive than others. I won't, I won't plug any of those right now. But can you use a GoPro? You can. I'll, I'll go back to something I said in my, my previous podcast here. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. So that can go either way. Just because you can use a GoPro doesn't mean you should. And just because you can buy the most expensive system out there doesn't mean you should right now. You have to work that out for yourself. You need to know your budget. You've got a plan. I will say this. In this business, we hit that time of year where money is flowing. You know, Even if you're just doing cleanings, you've got, you've got so many of them, you're, you're, you're banking money. But then all of a sudden, someone flips the switch. So until you've built your business so that you can have constant flow of work, you got you, you need to be prepared for that. Bank some money. Don't spend it on, on equipment right away. Just make sure you have enough to get through that first year. See how things are working. And it'll get better. You'll get business. And I'm going to teach you my proven methods. No, I'm going to tell you the things that worked for me and didn't. Education is key. If you're not certified, I'm not telling you you have to be. It's not uh, in most states. It's not required. But I will say, get training one way or another. Whether you choose to be certified or not, whether that's something that's important to you or not, customers really don't pay attention to it. But I recommend you do it for yourself. I recommend you know your stuff because here's what happens. When you know your stuff, money flows. When you go into an attic, you'll find bags of money. Now, that statement comes from uh, Mike Sagerstrom. If you take any of his classes, he'll say, get in those attics. There's bags of money up there. Get on the roof. There's bags of money up there. You know, Sometimes we can clean a chimney from just the ground. But get up on the roof when you can and do it safely. That's another topic. Be safe. Use harnesses. Use roof ladders. Do it safely. Don't be a cowboy. Wear a helmet. Is it weird at first? Yeah, but just, I'm telling you, you your customers will appreciate it. That's one thing I learned. And, and I tried to do it right from the get-go. Put a priority on safety, your safety. Oh, I'm. Uh, don't worry about it. I can handle it. No, just do it right. That's my advice. Do it right, and that means be safe. It's going to make you money in the long run. You'll probably never be able to quantify it, but trust me, customers, the good customers, they notice it. They see you doing that stuff, wearing a helmet, wearing a harness, setting up a ladder properly, putting drop cloths down, wearing shoe coverings. They notice that stuff, and then they tell their friends about you. My goal in my business is to be as professional as I can, to be as safe as I can. Do I cut corners with myself sometimes because I want to get something done? Sure, I do. Do I feel good about it afterwards? No. Do my employees say, hey, Justin, um, 
Where's, do, you want to, do you want your hard hat? And I say, no, I don't have time for that. Guess what? That's a bad example. Um, that's, <laughs> I, did that, I did that last week. It was raining out. I was harnessed in. I was up on a roof. It was, I don't know, 9, 10, 12 pitch, somewhere in there. I didn't put my helmet on. I forgot. But my excuse when I was up there, I said, well, it's raining and I need my hat to keep the rain out of my eyes. My technician said to me, well, you could put it on over your hat. And I just poo-pooed it off. Well, he was right. So the key is just try to do your best with everything. You know, when you're when you're operating. I know I'm, I'm going back and forth a little bit here, but treat the customer like it's your friend. Just do what you would do for one of your friends. Take care of them. It all comes back. Don't worry about the sale. Don't worry about the money. When you stop focusing on the money, that's when you'll get the money. Just focus on doing a really good job. And in our industry, there's a shortage of people out there wanting to do a good job. You know, there's a reputation in some areas with people, with with chimney guys. And I'm not going to get into that negative stuff. But there's a ton of people trying to do their best, always trying to learn you know, even if you can't afford the classes and, and everything, just get on the internet and start reading. Get the code books, read them. NFPA 211, 54, 31, read them. Get the IRC book, read it over. You can get all this stuff on PDFs. The NFI manuals are incredible. The CCP manual, go with that. The CSIA manual. I mean, Take it, take in as much as you can. It's going to make you a better sweep. Better sweeps, better technicians. You'll make more money that way. Don't put the money first. I know this is about money, making a living. Don't put that first. And I, I think you'll see it. As soon as I stop focusing on that and I just focused on doing a good job, good things started happening. We we have opportunities to do jobs that are they're beyond my comfort level. I'm working on a couple right now. You know, it's it can be scary because oh, I don't I don't know, really know how to do it. And you could I tend to like push things off, jobs that people are begging us to do them, and I kind of push them off a little bit because I'm worried about how I'm going to do it. Ask someone who knows. Get get some resources online. Connect with people. Get on the forums. Ask technical questions. You'll learn so much. I created a OneNote. Um, document well it's a it's a notebook and I have tons of categories of technical things every time I learn something I put it in there under a specific category I reference it all the time and just treat it like this every day is a school day every day you can learn something new make it your goal to learn something new every day and and you'll 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 be successful whatever that is to you whatever success is for you you'll be successful so these are some of the things I didn't get too specific in a lot of things, but these are some of the things that I went through at the beginning, but there's a lot of things you need to look at yourself uh, when starting a business. It's not easy. It's you're going to feel pain. You're going to get nervous. And with each step you take, with each risk you take, it's go, you'll feel it. But you have to make calculated risks. You have to take those calculated risks. 
You have to put in the time. And I, the biggest thing I can say here is reach out to people who you, whom you trust. Ask for advice, but don't take all of it because some of it's bad. <laughs> don't, don't look at the Facebook groups and see all the replies to business questions. Don't, don't look at all that as good advice because some of it's pretty lousy. They don't have all of your, the details of your business. They don't have your personality in mind. They, they just know what they did. So I'm trying to keep it so that I'm not telling anyone what to do necessarily here because I don't, I'm still learning, but there's, there's some things I think I can be confident in telling you not to do because it just doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like it works for people. And I'm, I'm basically regurgitating or parroting a lot of things that I've heard from people who, again, are successful. These are a lot of points that I've learned from them. So again, thinking about the why, that's the most important question, I think, in this business. Why are you doing this? Don't forget that throughout the whole thing. You, you can get wrapped up in all the, the little details of operating and don't get caught up in that. Keep the why you're doing it in your focus. And early on, decide what you want it to be. Do you want it to be just you? That's fine. Some people create very profitable businesses. It's just them. There's nothing wrong with that. And if someone tells you you need to grow your business and you don't want to, don't listen to them. That's not what you want. That's not why you're doing this. One of the things, though, you have to consider, if you want to be a one-man band, make sure you have a plan, financial plan, so that, you know, if you get hurt and you can't do the work, that you can you can still pay the bills, whether that's having a savings, uh, whatever it is, or a backup plan. Always have a backup plan just in case, if especially when you're small. If you're bigger and you have employees, you know, if if I get hurt, well, then this person steps up into this position or whatever. But my, again, my goal is to to make this business so that I can be actually obsolete in it. It can run without me, that I can just be the vision behind it, that I I can steer the the direction of the ship. That doesn't mean I'm not going to work. That doesn't mean I'm going to sit home and eat bonbons that I would purchase from uh, Poppy and Peep. Is that what, <laughs> from Mark Stoner's chocolate company? That does, that's not what that means. You know, sometimes employees think, oh, the business owner just sits home all day and does nothing. That's, that doesn't happen. That's not how that works. But I'm trying to create a business that can operate itself. The day-to-day -day workings, that the systems in place can do that. So that's going to wrap it up. It's, it's about 36 minutes or so into this. I'm not sure if I got enough low-level info in here for you. I wanted to just talk about the why mainly, why I'm doing this. Maybe have you think about why you're doing it. Never forget that why. You know, I talked about last, last time why and, and why I got to where I was. And I tried to include a little bit more of that why today. But again, think of it like a farmer. Why does he motivate himself to get up at four in the morning, work the field, prepare it, getting ready for that growing season? You, know, you got to put all that work into it. He's working himself to death. But then he gets to look back at his field 
and it's harvest time and now he's 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 reaping he's he's taking that food from the field he did it he did all of that he made it grow now he can he can get the reward for it so whatever that reward period is for you that's something you have to decide is that you selling the business is that you retiring and the business goes on is that you giving it to your kids whatever it is there's so much prep time and there's so much working as a business owner if you're small you're probably doing all kinds of things you're wearing so many hats you're doing accounting you're doing the scheduling you're doing the actual work you're ordering the materials you're doing it all but as you grow now you start handing those things off to other people and if you have the systems in place according to the e-myth book read it please read it when you have those systems in place on paper all you do now is you pull someone in they don't have to be crazy experienced you pull them in you drop them in your organization you tell them what you expect you give them the operating manual for that position and they run with it because you made the manual you knew how to do it now once you fill that slot now you become other things you're, you're still everything else but you you pull that now away from yourself and you keep replacing yourself with someone that can do the job and they don't have to be incredibly talented people that's the key with the e-myth you are managing systems not people you can put in an average skilled individual into your system and it, they're going to follow what you told them to do because you know it works because you tried it you developed it you spent the time you worked that dirt they're going to run with it and they're going to do well so the, the the real key here is to just be organized but as as you first start out don't organize forever and just not do anything get it done get your hands dirty start working the dirt that's the important part but develop a process read the e-myth i said it a bunch of times i'm going to keep saying it read the e-myth then once you read that i recommend reading the great game of business i also recommend how to win friends and influence people because now when you're dealing with employees if you're growing you need to know how to deal with people you might think you know but one of the key takeaways i got from that book and i actually didn't finish it all the way yet um, how to win friends and influence people everyone wants to feel important remember that they want to feel valued they want to feel like they're contributing so if you're hiring people don't just hire people and just give them jobs to do and, and don't give them anything to strive for you they won't last that how would you do in a situation like that? that's probably why you left your job if you had one and are starting your own business so think about your feelings and, and why you left what got on your nerves about you the last place you worked and try to do differently for your employees if you if you choose to have them treat your customers the way you'd want to be treated you, you probably made some phone calls and dealt with some companies just recently and man did they tick you off because their customer service is terrible don't be like them try to remember everyone wants to feel important and that your customers do as well so that's going to do it for today appreciate you listening if you have any questions contact me on social media just type in my name justin c neary send me a, 
a text. I'm on Facebook. And maybe I can help you with some specific things. As I continue and learn a little bit more how to sit down and talk to this computer, I'll try to get it a little more focused on some low-level things that I'm doing. But today's point, work the dirt. Get it ready. Get prepared. Do it in an organized way. But just get it done. But be responsible. All right, everybody. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon.